Eagles Entertainment. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another day. We're back for another day of training camp as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 391. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell about what we saw on the field for the Eagles' second practice of the summer. The team had a walkthrough on Thursday, and while Wednesday's practice was really sharp for the offense. The defense bounced back here uh, on Friday, and we'll get into some of the standout reps and some of the biggest takeaways right at the top of the show. Before we get there, a couple of housekeeping notes I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the show, really. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question about this Eagles team as we get closer and closer to the season, that is the way to reach us. That is the place to leave your question. So uh, if you've got a question about practice, about the team, about the roster, about the depth chart, whatever it is, X's and O's wise or, or not, just let us know. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. You can always hit us, hit us up on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at EaglesXOs. Appreciate all the feedback we've gotten about the podcast returning. So make sure you go and give us some feedback on those channels. That is the best way to throw us your support. Uh, that said, let's get into it. I'm excited to talk through day two of practice here with Ben and Chris. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys, well, let's get into it as I welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. And C-Mac, we'll, uh, we'll come to you first for player news, transactions, anything uh, that we need to get into before we see what uh, happened on the field today. All quiet on the transaction front. Okay. From an injury standpoint, nothing too different. Two players did not practice. Zach Paschal, who revealed on social media that he has a food uh, poisoning in- in- incident, uh, but he was out there on the practice field watching from the sidelines. Carrick Wheatfall is coming back from COVID. Two players who are limited, Fletcher Cox, COVID progression, and Jason Kelsey, who made a bit of a fashion statement. I'm sure you guys have seen the Guardian helmets, the padded helmets that go on top of the helmets, covering them uh, to help limit head injuries, concussions, and yep. the like. Well, Jason Kelsey, in his you know first practice as he's getting back from COVID, uh, threw on bubble wrap on top of it to, to add a little extra layer of protection, he said jokingly after practice. But he does support what the league is doing, trying to keep the players' physical health and safety top of mind. And you know it's a bit of an adjustment. Sure. Basically, all the linemen, uh, linebackers, tight ends have to wear it uh, through the second week of the preseason practices, not during the games themselves, but the practices. So uh, that's the big thing to keep an eye on to hopefully uh, protect the players uh, as they get ramped up for the regular season. Yeah, I was interested to see how long that lasts. Is that a season-long thing like through practice, or is that just going to be the, during the ramp-up it's period? up until camp? the second preseason game, Got so it. the practice right, so leading up to, watch to there. it. There, yeah, that makes so. a lot of sense. Well, uh, let's get to uh, what we saw on the field. And speaking of Jason Kelsey and the offensive line, Ben, uh, I know you were over there watching the offensive line for most of practice. You and I were together for the receivers on Wednesday. Uh, I stayed over in that direction for the, for this practice Friday. But uh, what did you see? What some big takeaways from uh, from watching Jeff Stoutland and his group here? On yeah, Friday. I realized I didn't watch much of them on uh, day one on Wednesday. So I really wanted to dial in on Jeff Stoutland and the group this year. 
And a lot of interesting takeaways. First of all, just watching Jeff Statlin, you know, run his group, run his positional uh, drills. Very, very impressive. Just his attention to detail, the accountability, the immediate feedback after nearly every rep of knowing if it was good rep, bad rep, what to work on. And just his expletives and his, uh, you know, different things he yells during drills. Like Jordan Malata let off one of the drills, immediately yells, everyone, watch Malata here, watch Malata. And then just the thought of how far Jordan Malata has come. He used to be the guy getting last reps in the drill, trying to get an extra rep or a third rep to really work on his craft. We all know how far his football journey has come. Now he's the gold standard of this group. He's the model. It's awesome. He's the one for the young guys to watch. Just crazy how far he's come. So really fun watching him. Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens talking after nearly every rep as well. Just iron sharpening iron out there. The presence of the veterans. I mean, Isaac Sayomalu, not the most overwhelming guy physically. Son of a coach. This guy knows technique. He knows how to play all the positions up and down the line. You could see him working with the young guys. Landon Dickerson talking almost after every rep. It's a really, really impressive room. A lot of experience and uh, really, really talented. One guy I'm going to add there, the one you didn't talk about, Lane Johnson, who talked after practice about how great he is, not just mentally, but physically. Because I don't know if you guys remember, he was dealing with that ankle injury at this time a year ago, and he just did not have to get off, being able to push off of that foot. Well, he says it's night and day. He says he's in phenomenal shape, about 325, 330 pounds. He worked on his flexibility, his mobility in the run-up to training camp. He just feels like he's in such a better spot right now. And think about the way he dominated after he came back from you know his leave for to get his mental health uh, in line, how good he was in the yep. second half of the season. He was playing at an all-pro level. If he can carry that over to the start of the season, and that's something he stressed. He wants this team to come firing out of the gate and not have this you know slow start to the season. Mm. He he's so excited for this season, and if he's playing at a top level, you know you talked about all the other guys that this offensive line has. This should be one of the premier offensive lines in the league. Ben and speaking of you know get off and firing off, the sound difference of the first team versus the twos, the threes, the fours of them just hitting the bag. Yep. After a couple drills, I just closed my eyes on one of them and just hear how loud it was to hear Sale Malo hit the bag and Lane Johnson and Kelsey. And then the twos and the threes, obviously some younger players and not as experienced and just how demonstrative that sound was of that first unit. It wakes you up and lets you know, whoa, those are those are some big guys up there, some strong guys, experienced guys. Yep. And that's the gold standard. That's what it should look like. Not only here, every NFL room, when the ones go up there should feel a little different, should sound a little different. And that offensive line, you really felt it. But, no. to, your, but to your point, though, you talk about the journey that Jordan Mailata has gone on, and you think to Isaac Samalo and his career. You know, We were talking, hey, 2016, he played every spot. 2017, he was relegated to backup duty after an inconsistent start. So he's used to working with those backups. Landon Dickerson, a year ago at this time, he was on, on the sideline watching. He couldn't do anything, right? And so you look just down the line, these guys uh, continuing to develop, continuing to evolve. And you know, this I don't want to misattribute the quote, uh, but one of the, some of the analysts, obviously, are getting all of the different season previews and taking stock of the entire league. And there was a quote from late—it was late June, early July—where um, it was the Eagles' second-team offensive line could start for some teams, and just the, the depth of that unit certainly one of the strengths of this football team. Speaking to the depth, and one of the ways the Eagles improved it this offseason is Cam Jurgens. Yeah. So it's interesting you're talking about how the first team, Ben. You know, you still have that pop; it still looks fluid. Well, right now you have Jurgens as the man in the middle as. Yep. Kelsey is working his way back, and 
both Lane and Kelsey said after practice that so far, and obviously we haven't put the pads on, Tuesday will be the first padded practice, but nonetheless, Cam Jurgens looks as good as advertised. He's doing everything the right way behind the scenes. He's obviously, you talked about the communication with Kelsey. Very, very bright future. I hope we don't have to see him, <laughs> let's right. be honest, yes, that's the this goal. year. Right. But I think that the process in getting him ready for the future is so far going according to plan. You know, and just one last thing about that accountability of Jeff Stoutland. A lot of times he's critiquing the technique of the guy doing the drill. He likes barking at the dummy trying to give the look as well. Yep praising great intense look for him there or maybe criticizing and say that wasn't strong enough i know you're just holding a bag and being a dummy but let's give real looks out there let's be intense let's give game-like situations so he's not only coaching the guy that's live he's coaching the guys that are essentially coaching as well yep just that attention to detail and the accountability on every down both sides of it i mean that's where you get these you know these prospects and these players to play under Jeff Statlin and why he's coveted to be one of the best offensive line coaches on the planet. That's a good point. It was such a theme for us last year, the three of us talking about this on a daily basis, was how much this coaching staff wanted to put stress on development, the young players. And we saw those developmental peers at the end of practice. We saw one today, the, the red zone seven on seven, uh, the, or there was backed up seven on seven. Uh, the, a lot of the rookies and young guys at the end of practice working together on their own. But it's even those little instances where you're coaching the, hey, you're coaching maybe the second team guy holding the bag for the third team guy you need to be giving your all don't just take that as, as taking a breath uh and we're getting ready for the next rep you need to make sure you're giving it all for your team bit of a learning well. curve too say amalu lane johnson they unfortunately put one of those guys holding a bag right on their butt on a double <laughs> team. sometimes those young guys you have, right. to, you have to figure out how much strength to give to give that good look and suddenly you realize whoa i gotta bring in a little bit more with these double teams by the first unit so a little bit of a wake-up call for a young guy yeah 650 pounds coming at you with everything that's, that's a little different um so I mentioned earlier at the top on Wednesday, it really felt like it was just, we talked, we said it. It was a really crisp day, crisp day for the offense. Uh, less so today. I felt like the defense kind of bounced back. Saw a lot of good plays uh, from the defensive side of the ball. See, Mac, before we talk about some of the things we saw, uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon spoke to the media before practice. Any big takeaways on your end from that press conference? Two main things. One. We are seeing a variety of four, three, and three, four yeah, looks. That's a big throughout. theme. Right? That's a huge theme. And for Coach Gannon, he said that he wants to basically have the entire defense know the whole playbook. Yep. Okay. You're going to see a lot of things. And look, you may not see it week one against Detroit. You may not see it early on in the season. But in week eight, week nine, if he wants to go to something, he wants to be able. We did this. We repped it back in training camp. I feel comfortable with it. You guys seem to like it back then. We can go to it. So. As much as we're going to see on the field over the next couple of weeks, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to see in the final product come game time. But having that versatility, and Gannon stresses all the guys on that field, because he was like, he was asked if certain guys were, you know, better suited for one or the other. Gannon was like, Howie Roseman did a great job of getting me guys who are versatile that can work in both sets of schemes. But just remember, this is a continuation off of last year. Yeah, no doubt. No question. This isn't a, hey, we drafted Jordan Davis and signed Hassan Reddick, so we're changing. Yep. No, it's finding the people that fit what we already did. Mm -hmm. A lot of odd fronts last year, a lot of mixed fronts last year in camp throughout the season. So just a continuation, and now you're getting the right ingredients to make the meals that Jonathan Gannon wants to make. Suddenly, things are getting pretty tasty out there. And not to mention, that's what—that's modern defense right now in the NFL. No like you, you can't be static and say I shouldn't say you can't be. It's tough to be static and do it time after time. You have to change things up from your fronts, from your coverages. The Eagles did that last year. 
mixed success, right, in the first year of the scheme. I think in year two, with those additions that you talked about, you're hoping that that team is going to be on the upswing on that side of the football. Um, so, But I think that that's notable. And when I mentioned as a big theme, I almost meant it like as a, a big talking point. Like I feel like it's being talked yes. about incessantly by, by the media and fans because everyone's just so focused. We talked about it last year when Jonathan Gannon got hired. What, is it going to be 4-3? Is it going to be 3-4? Is it going to be 4 it doesn't in today's NFL that that doesn't matter in my mind like I don't even look at it from that standpoint anymore. Yeah, so one of the things that he said he wants to see the unit improve upon is the pre-snap to post-snap transition. Yeah, right. That's where you're going to win. That's where the defense showed uh growing pains in the first year of the scheme is being able to offer those different looks for the quarterbacks to get them a little bit off kilter. You just got to do it for a little brief moment in time, you know, make that look, make that read a little blurry so they don't go somewhere with the football. So that's the biggest thing that he emphasized he wants to see improve throughout training camp as we get into the start of the season. And by the way, that's not even a 4-3-3-4 thing. That's no. also a too high safety shell. It's so much easier to disguise what you're doing from two high safeties because those guys can go any number of directions as opposed to if you start in a one high look where you have one safety high, one safety shallow. Now that's a lot harder to disguise what you're doing when you start with that look. But uh, that's a whole uh, bucket of worms. Let's get into some of the things that we did see. Um, ben, for me, the play of the day, uh, and there were a few intercepts. I mean, a very active day for all the DBs. I mean, Darius Slay uh, had a couple PBUs. Avante Maddox, I thought the play of the day, perfectly played interception. I mean, just uh, attacked the ball at the highest point, played the ball really, really well in the air. I know that uh, that Marcus Epps was involved in that play as well. Andre Chachere had a really impressive interception in a seven-on-seven drill. James Bradbury, very active. So uh, all the DBs were active uh, in this game in the, on this day in practice. Well, I hope you caught some of those picks because that Maddox one, I saw the end of it. I did not see what happened out there. And that's just <laughs> life of watching practice. That's I it. got blocked out. And next thing you know, you see the defense with the ball and everybody cheering and you kind of look left and right and say, well, I missed that one. I hope C-Mac or Fran watched that. But. <laughs> so basically, it looked like Gower was running a corner route and Maddox perfectly read it. Perfectly so, timed, And yeah. obviously the bromance there between the yeah, two, right. obviously might have sensed that, but basically baited Hurts into throwing the ball in the area. Ball was a little underthrown. Goddard said after practice, if it was a little higher, I might have been able to get it. But he laughed at how Max went from being 5'9 to 6'5". He played it perfectly. Like That was an outstanding play. I saw him Maddox. take off once he had it. He, right. was, he was out like lightning and I saw a couple people giving 22 Eps some fives after the play so yep. I didn't know if he was involved I'm just reading the context clues but yep. two quick plays for me let me give some back sure. to the offense yep love seeing AJ Brown on that crossing route couldn't tell if it was off boot action or a second reaction play in the backfield but you just, I just watched AJ run across the, the field play, yep. coming coming at us yes right. yep. perfectly delivered ball ended up on the right sideline coming from the left hand side of the field then the very next play was a tunnel screen to him so yep. a little sequencing but my favorite play of the day was a beautiful throw from Hertz over the middle to Jack Stoll tight in 89 with a diving TJ Edwards just out of reach and my play on Wednesday was Hertz in the red zone, hitting that kind of backside route, leading the progression. Yep. Red zone decision-making, speeding that up, getting through progressions, and then throwing over the middle of the field. Yeah. Points of emphasis with Hertz looked really sharp this week. That ball over the middle took timing, anticipation, accuracy, decisiveness, had to open the window up for a little bit for himself with his eyes. Great catch by Stoll just out of the reach of TJ Edwards, who you guys know, I love TJ Edwards. Yep. It's mm -hmm. great to watch him sprint out there as the first team Mike linebacker since being an undrafted free agent just a few years ago. That guy's playing faster, more confident. 
don't scout his combine times and the height weight. That's a really good football player. And just so happy to see him as the mainstay incumbent linebacker. Yep. First one out to the huddle, calling the defense. That was undrafted. What a great story for any undrafted guy in this locker room, any other locker room. Do what you have to do. Don't, you know, pout. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Just get to work. Yep. And T.J. Edwards, great model for that. And, and how many of these plays have we seen T.J. Edwards make in summers before? No where uh, the diving interceptions and PBUs in the middle of the field, seven on seven, yep. where it's like, oh, yeah, like T.J. Edwards, like he gets ridiculed for like the athleticism, but he's like a really good coverage player. Yeah. So instinctive and he's got great ball skills. Uh, so I thought that that was a, a really uh, important note. Um, C-Mac, before I come to you for the just any other like leftover pr- press conference notes mm-hmm. from after practice, uh, you guys talked about Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox. During a special teams drill, so offensive line, they're working off to the side. Most of the team obviously working in special teams. They focused on punt and kickoff today. Dallas Goddard was working with tight ends coach Jason Michael uh, in between fields, just doing some uh, some tight end work. I actually really like this drill. So Jason Michael's throwing passes. Dallas Goddard's catching, right? He's got a trainer with a towel wrapped around his arm, tugging at his arm as he's going up to try and make the catch. So I really like that, like trying to play through contact. Maddox finishes a special teams drill. They're coming over to start another one. In between, he's on uh, uh, Goddard's back hip, and he's trying to get the ball out for a couple of those, a couple of those throws. Uh, I thought that was a, a little fun exchange between those the two former uh, two former roommates. Former right? no roommates, longer roommates correct? Anymore. Yeah, obviously a shame. But I love the creativity that the coaches bring. Like we yes. see the boxing gloves during the running back drills yep. to try to punch the ball. Out. It's just trying to find those little ways to make it seem game like and it, what the players are going to actually experience on game day, but try to hone it in during these practices. At that sessions. point, it just becomes muscle memory, right? Yeah. It, it's, that, it's that way of the, that's why I kind of like the, that, that towel drill is like you're, you're going to be facing contact, especially as a tight end, middle of the field, you're dealing with traffic bodies around you. Uh, I kind of liked that drill, and it was just a one-off thing, real, real quick, uh, three minutes during a, uh, during a drill. And but, hey, just because you got those second contracts, guys, doesn't mean you can't use some help oh, with rent right. still, all right? No. You can still have a roommate or two. I know those second <laughs> contracts came in. Enjoy them, but... <laughs> Their second contracts are looking a little different than your second contract. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, C-Mac, just, uh, just to close us out, anything uh, no, anything else noteworthy from after practice? I, I'm so happy Ben brought up the know about A.J. Brown with yeah. those back-to-back receptions because James Bradbury, after practice, talked about what the versatile skill set he's going to see because he's gone against this Eagles offense, yep. okay? And it's vastly similar to last year except with the addition of A.J. Brown. And Bradbury praised Devontae Smith with his route running ability. Then he's asked about A.J. Brown and and the physical toughness. I don't know about you guys, and I'm sure this is a question we'll get into with the pads going on next week about which player you're most excited to see with the pads on. A.J. Brown might be at the top of the list for me. Yeah. Or very, he's very high up there. Okay. Obviously, we'll talk about Jordan Davis and, and some of the linemen, of course, but I mean, A.J. Brown and the physical nature that he plays with, I cannot wait to see him dish out pain to these defensive backs. These defensive backs better get their licks in now right. while they can uh, before the pads go on next week. Uh, to me, like the Eagles have not had a, a physical receiver like this that is this skilled and this talented okay, since, since 2004. I was going to say, T.O. probably would be yeah. the one. Like, with that kind of skill set, yes. like that kind of mindset as a receiver with that talent level, right? Yeah. Like you've had – there are guys of that body type and have that skill set, but like not to that level of talent. No. Uh, and that's that's the kind of presence uh, that he brings. That's what makes him one of the best receivers uh, in all of football. So uh, everybody out there, make sure you go check out our practice notes by the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, myself, C-Mac, Ben, we will have uh, more in-depth. Some of the things that we didn't get into in the podcast, we keep it uh, for the notes. So make sure you go check that out on Philadelphia Eagles. 
Eagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, wherever you get your Eagles content. We'll be back tomorrow. The Eagles practice on Saturday. They have the day off uh, Sunday. Back on the field Monday, like C-Mac said. Uh, pads come on on Tuesday. So every day that the Eagles practice, we'll be here on this feed. So stay subscribed right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.